as I'm uh, just moving along here. It's just an absolute sheet of ice. From the slick and icy roads to the snowy and slushy sidewalks, the first big storm of the season has arrived, and it's packing a punch. Good evening. Winter has arrived early to Toronto and parts of southern Ontario. Freezing rain, heavy snow, and ice pellets mixing to create a havoc soup for commuters everywhere. We have full team coverage of this major weather event for you tonight. John Musselman is at Pearson Airport where holiday travelers are facing delays. Lindsay Morrison is tracking the storm and where it's going. Mike Walker is east of Toronto watching developments in one of the hardest hit regions. But we begin with our Andrew Brennan with how the day's played out for everyone trying to get around on the roads and transit. Andrew. Well, Nathan, if not a mess altogether, certainly messy. And many people, it seems, are taking it in stride. In some cases, a jig. When the snow comes down, the streets are slushy and the wind is blustery. Sometimes all you can do is dance. Does that help keep you warm? It does. And also a cup of hot chocolate. And if that fails, evade the puddles and keep alert. I'm actually a driving instructor, so I'm familiar with driving in these, in this kind of weather. Uh, I'm prepared. I know what to look for when somebody's coming, when it should be coming to a stop. Uh, I try to stay on the sidewalk until the vehicle noticeably dips. A day of rain, freezing rain, and snow washed over and seeped into the Golden Horseshoe. In the morning, at least 17 vehicles piled up on the Garden City Skyway in St. Catharines. On the eastbound side, a tractor trailer couldn't stop sliding and sliding, the driver trying to keep steady and avoid jackknifing near open water. In the city, the TTC shut down the Scarborough RT. Delays abounded on streetcars and bus stops on hilly roads were taken out of service to avoid slick mishaps. What we wouldn't want is people going out to the stop, uh, waiting for a bus that wasn't going to stop and not be aware of it. So we thought better to proactively uh, take those stops out of service and eliminate the stops and, and eliminate the possibility of buses getting stuck. Now that snow is sticking to the ground, clearing can begin. I would please like to tell everyone to drive according to the conditions. Um, the roads will be extremely icy. You will see all of our equipment out on the roads. Please stay back. And lend a hand, if you can, to fellow travelers. So I start in Kitchener and then I just drive to here, Weston, and I hop on the Up Express and take it to downtown. So what was it like today? Um, this morning it was fine, um, but right now I'm about to find out. <laughs> Little nervous. They say the grass is greener on the other side, but not so with snowy weather this far south in the great white north. It's winter day for Manitobans. <laughs> Today feels really nice. We came from like minus 30 last week, so this is like nice weather for us. A reminder, it could always be worse and colder. Now, the city says that it's learned from past big storms, such as the notable one last January, allowing its contractors to be able to work simultaneously on big and side streets at the same time. That being said, things are starting to freeze here now, and the worry is that all that slush will turn into ice. Reporting live, I'm Andrew Brennan. Nathan, we'll send it back to you inside. All right, thank you, Andrew. Traveling in the GTA has been more than tough today, and so has getting out of it. The number of flight delays at Pearson continues to grow, creating some anxiety for holiday travelers. CTV's John Musselman is at the airport tonight and joins us live with the latest on what's happening there, John. 
Hi, Michelle. Yes, I'm standing outside uh, the departure level at Terminal 1. There's a lot of blowing snow here. Air traffic is moving, but as you suggest, there's a lot of delays, people trying to get places, uh, and they're not getting there tonight. There was plenty of red on the departure board at Terminal 1, flight delays and cancellations. This man is heading to Spain, but he's not confident he will depart tonight. No. <laughs> I'm not really, but uh, I'm hoping. You're looking hoping. out the window here. What are yeah. you thinking? What are you thinking? I'm thinking maybe tomorrow. I don't know. This passenger just returned from sunny Florida, but his connecting flight to London, Ontario just got canceled. We're going to do, do the best we can. And you want to get home, right? Well, you know, yeah. that or, st or stayed, in, stayed in Florida. I didn't want to stay there. I've been there for three months. I was starting to come home. Officials at Pearson say despite the storm, the impact has not been as severe as expected. The morning was problem-free. Pearson is used to handling these conditions. The de-icing station was preparing aircraft prior to takeoff. Still, travelers need to check ahead with their airline before heading out. There could be restrictions in flight volume if the weather gets worse. So the best thing to do is look for any notifications. Most airlines have apps these days, so if you've got that installed, you're probably going to get some notifications from them. But you can check our website as well, or you can call your airline. If your flight is canceled, best thing to do is to start trying to rebook as, as soon as possible, and that's to go through your airline. FlightAware is showing departure delays up to 40 minutes. It depends on where you're going. If the weather is bad there, too, you may experience a longer delay. This couple is trying to get to Phoenix for a wedding. No weather delay here. It's a technical problem on the aircraft that has them stuck. They boarded us about an hour late, and then um, and then they moved the plane a little bit, and then they came on and said there were technical difficulties, and they were towing us back to the gate. If you are flying out tonight, airport officials say be prepared for delays. And keep in mind, if you are flying out tonight or even tomorrow morning, just getting to the airport in Toronto traffic with this snow will make it that much harder, so plan ahead. Reporting live, I'm John Musselman. I'll send it back to you. Thanks, John. Still looks bad. You've been tracking this storm. Lindsay, how are things looking now? It's still a messy mix out there, Nathan. Depending on where you are, you are either dealing with big, wet snowflakes, and those are the, all the areas that you see there in blue. I just want to zoom in a little bit closer, though, to show you what's been happening in the these parts of the GTA. We've had a, a real mixing line from downtown Toronto over toward the city of Hamilton. If you're joining us from Oakville, Burlington, even Mississauga, you've been dealing with some rain today as opposed to some snow, and so that has lessened the snowfall amounts. I'm just going to ask our control room to advance this map for us a little bit for us. There it is. Snow falling at this hour in downtown Toronto and into Durham, north to Barrie. As we look to the next little while here, we are still under a winter weather travel advisory in the GTA. There's snowfall warnings from Durham into Peterborough to Kingston and over to Ottawa. What can we expect? What's left with this storm? Well, still more in the way of wet snow, rain mixing downtown and for the West GTA. The winds are starting to ease our temperature holding steady at around one, two degrees. And tomorrow morning's uh, morning commute could be impacted as well. We'll talk about that coming up. For now, though, Nathan, over to you. All right. Thank you, Lindsay. Toronto will open three warming centers tonight because of the weather. Snacks, washrooms and referrals to an emergency shelter will be available. The centers will open at seven and are located at Scarborough Civic Centre, Metro Hall and Mitchell Field Community Centre in North York. As Lindsay mentioned, the storm is a big one, and it is eyeing regions east of the city as it moves across the GTA. And that is where we find our Mike Walker tonight. What's the scene over where you are? 
Well, Michelle Nathan, you can see just how much snow has fallen. We're live in the Brock and Totten area here in Pickering, and it's really picked up in the last hour here with a lot of snowfall. And this is expected to be the hardest hit region in the GTA, and Durham region is currently under a snowfall warning. Now, as much as 20 centimeters is expected to blanket the region at a rate of two to four centimeters each hour, according to Environment Canada, we saw some people already out trying to get a head start clearing the snow and slush from their driveways and sidewalks. School buses were running in the region this afternoon, but they were also impacted. More than 30 routes were delayed, upwards of 30 minutes. The region of Durham has also been forced to close some of its facilities and services, including the waste management facility, as well as the health department offices and some immunization and dental clinics. And as the storm continues to pass through the region this evening, uh, Environment Canada is saying the greatest snowfall amounts will be in areas of higher terrain north of Lake Ontario. The roads are very slippery, watery out there. Um, if you ain't got snow tires, don't come out. It's windy and more snow. It's too hot for tomorrow morning. I'm just worried about that. He's cycling right now. So at least morning, a little bit help us. The driving is horrible. It's slippery out there. It's wet weather. You have to watch for other traffic out there. You just got to be, be on the lookout and be safe. Now, with the storm expected to intensify this evening and more heavy snowfall, Environment Canada is warning that on the roads, visibility can be poor. Officials are advising that you avoid any non-essential travel this evening until conditions improve. Reporting live in Pickering, I'm Mike Walker. Nathan, back to you. All right, thank you, Mike. The OPP says it's been investigating hundreds of crashes around the province since about 6 this morning. Joining us now is OPP Sergeant Kerry Schmidt. Kerry, how are things now in the GTA? What have you been seeing? Yeah, it is still a mess out here. We got uh, rain, mixed precipitation, some big snowflakes uh, floating down as well, making for some pretty treacherous driving. The sun has gone down. The thermometer's sitting right around the freezing mark. I'm showing one degree, uh, but lots of wind, and we can get that uh, blowing snow and blowing uh, conditions that can really restrict visibility. And we've had a lot of problems already throughout the day with rain, freezing rain, mixed precipitation and the snow. And now, you know, as people are going home after uh, a long day, hopefully they can get back without uh, getting into uh, trouble because our collision reporting centers have been busy. You know, like you said, hundreds of crashes that we've uh, seen really across uh, the region. And uh, it's been very busy for officers. Fortunately, no reports of any serious injuries. But, uh, you know, those headaches certainly have been uh, long and belabored by people stuck in traffic. You know, God forbid it, you get into, into a crash. But if you do, what advice do you have? What should you do? Well, stay in your vehicle. Don't make yourself vulnerable uh, as you're looking at the damage on the side of the road or in the live lane. Get off the highway as quickly as you can. If your vehicle is drivable, get it off uh, to a gas station parking lot wherever you can. Call your insurance company. If you're on a provincial highway, the 401, uh, wherever, uh, call Star OPP, and they will tell you where the nearest collision reporting center is and what you should do next. Uh, you're, you'll be calling your insurance company. If you're in Toronto or in, in, the, uh, in the highways around Toronto, maybe call 511. 
one if you need a tow truck under the tow zone pilot area. Uh, but if you're blocking a lane, if someone's injured, if it's an emergency, call 911 and we will get officers and a response there as quickly as possible. But again, just take care of yourself. Make sure you're as visible as possible. Keep your lights on uh, and just limp your vehicle off live lanes as best as you can. And uh, if, you, if you need to exchange information with other people, do that off the highway. The shoulder's not the place to do that. All right, good to remember. OBP Sergeant Kerry Schmidt, thank you. Thank you. And reminder, you can get updates anytime on this storm and the effect it's having on people around the GTA and southern Ontario. Just head to our website, ctvnewstoronto.ca. For weeks now, CTV Toronto and the Salvation Army have been working to make dreams come true for families most in need. Well, our Toy Mountain campaign is in the home stretch, and our Michelle Jobin joins us now with the latest effort. She's in the distillery, distillery district tonight. Just a beautiful spot this time of year. It is a beautiful spot this time of the year, Michelle and Nathan. And, you know, the weather isn't great, but it can't do anything to dampen spirits here, especially when we're talking about Toy Mountain, because it's just such an exciting time of the year as we get closer to the end of the campaign. I'm here with Rick Oatswerk. He's with the Distillery District. Of course, the Winter Village at the Distillery District is such a highlight, really, in Toronto all year round. Tell us how things are going this year. Uh, things are going really well. We've had uh, a lot of people come down for the Distillery Winter Village this year here in the Distillery District. It's been super fun. We're running, you know, from back in early November till right through to the 31st of December. And we're really having a great time here and welcoming people to come down and see the tree and the stars and all the wonderful things that we do here in the Distillery. It's an absolutely beautiful time of year here. And, of course, you've got a great partnership with the Salvation Army and the Salvation Army are our partners with Toy Mountain. Let's talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, Toy Mountain is a, a personal favorite of mine. I've been doing it for over 20 years myself. I know they're in the 27th year. Uh, my buddy and I, Neil, used to go out on uh, Christmas Eve every year and buy presents and put it in the box. So it was, it's amazing to have this opportunity to really talk about it. But yeah, uh, Distillery District and uh, Distillery Winter Village are partners with Salvation Army and Toy Mountain. And we're really excited that they're here today to launch the program. And obviously, we've got the boxes here set up for people to drop off, uh, you know, unwrapped uh, new toys for kids. It's going to be awesome. It's super fun for us to be involved. And of course, there's many more days to enjoy the Winter Village here at the Distillery District so people can come down and donate right here, like you said. Absolutely. We're here right through till the 23rd of December. We take a three-day break, and then we're back from the 27th till the 31st after. But from now until the 23rd, please come down, donate a gift for the kids, and let's support our local our local families. Great. Thank you so much, Rick. And so many people are excited about Toy Mountain. I've got Damien Romeo here. He is, of course, uh, a very incredible Canadian actor. And you're in Ginny and Georgia. Season 2 coming up on Netflix very soon. When does that start? January 5th. Now, tell us about your involvement in Toy Mountain. Why are you here today? Uh, well, I think it's always important that once you have enough, you should always give back. And uh, what I brought with me today are a bunch of amazing lightsabers I'd like to gift to Toy Mountain. We're so thankful that you're doing that. You're that you're here today and it's shining a spotlight on Toy Mountain. We're really excited for you and all the amazing things coming up. You had another little special mention today too as well, didn't you? Uh, yes, on top of donating all these gifts, I want to say, Mom, happy birthday. I love you so much. And yes, I will be driving home safely, okay? <laughs> Very important to make sure you do that. That was a happy birthday to Damien's mom. Of course, thank you so much for being here today and bringing toys for Toy Mountain. And of course, you can go to toymountain.ca, find out about all the locations in Toronto. You can donate there. There's still time. Of course, the finale's tomorrow, but there's more chances to donate really right into next week. And of course, you can also donate online. Back inside to you. Thanks, Michelle. We'll catch up with you later. To some.
Other news now, whether it's inside City Hall or out in public, John Tory just can't seem to dodge questions on his new mayoral powers. A day after getting hot under the collar, he's being forced to face the issue again as he and his councillor try to close out the 2022 season. CTV's Beth McDonnell is at the meeting for a second day and joins us live. Beth. Nathan, one point several councillors made today is that voters didn't ask for these new strong mayor powers. And today they tried to come up with a solution to push back. So I'd rather not condemn or do anything else that you would like to do because it's, it's great theater. Oh, um, stop. stop. I'm sorry, Councillor Mallow. That was it for the speakers. You can't interrupt in the middle of a vote because you decide you want to speak. Sparks flew in council chambers once again. And I just wish for once people would take account of the city's broader interest and what is on the table here, which is a motion that has to do with the COVID shortfall and not Bill 23. So I just urge members to support this and stand behind me. This exchange followed a motion from the mayor on trying to recoup millions of the city's COVID shortfall from the feds. The angst comes as councillors also debate Bill 39. New strong mayor powers handed down from the province, allowing the mayor to push through some bylaws with only one-third of support from council. More than half a dozen councillors stood to question or denounce minority rule. We come here to make policy together, and the, that's the only way that the diversity of the people in the city, whether it's on income or race or experience, is reflected accurately. Tory says he doesn't have a desire to use the strong mayor powers, but that's not enough to calm the concerned. What would happen if these powers were given to someone like the previous mayor? Um, how destructive could that have been? How dysfunctional could that have been? My question is, what's, what, what's the purpose? What's the point? What is the purpose? What's, what's the point? Um, you're right. You're absolutely right. Although symbolic, Councillor Amber Morley presented a motion asking the province to rescind Bill 39, saying it's important to make a statement on democracy. Councillor James Pasternak's motion asked for the powers to be reconsidered six months prior to the next municipal election. The mayor's been calling uh, the, the minority rule uh, power out of Bill 39 a proactive veto. And I'm just trying to understand, is that, is that like a, a legal term? Is, that some, is it found somewhere? Uh, through you, Madam Speaker, no, that's not uh, a legal term. Which, after two months in, appears off to a rocky start. Today, jo Mayor John Tory was not on the speaker's list when it came to the debate about the strong mayor powers. One move council did decide to make was to ask the Ford government to repeal Bill 39. Reporting live at City Hall, I'm Beth McDonnell. Thank you, Beth. Getting better or worse? Ontario's top doctor says hospitalizations among children are on the decline, while frontline health care workers say they are still in crisis mode. Details coming up. Friends and family of Vanessa Kapruska are saying their final goodbyes today. The 31-year-old was laid to rest, a victim of last week's horrific double stabbing at High Park Station. CTV's Janice Golding reports. A small group of family and friends emerged from St. Maximilian Colby Parish in Mississauga this morning. Their heartbreak apparent as they flanked the casket carrying the body of Vanessa Kerpuska, a young woman stabbed to death by a stranger on a TTC subway train last week. 
Well, if they only wanted their privacy today, on a GoFundMe page, a close friend described Kripuska as a strong woman who'd overcome significant adversity, saying she was born with cerebral palsy and was bullied as a child and underwent multiple operations before she could walk independently at the age of 12. Despite these hardships, her friend says Kripuska grew into a woman who loved life, meeting people, traveling, and animals. Kripuska, one of two victims stabbed at High Park subway station on December the 8th, both were rushed to hospital via emergency run. The 31-year-old died of her injuries in hospital, while the other victim, a 37-year-old woman, was treated and released. Kapuska's death is one of several alarming, seemingly random violent incidents to take place on TTC property this year. In June, Naima Dolma was doused in a flammable liquid on a bus at Kipling Station and set on fire. The 28-year-old would die of her injuries. In April, a woman was pushed onto the tracks at Young and Bloor Station and broke a rib. That same month, a man was stabbed in the neck at St. George Station. Also in April, a 21-year-old international student, Kartik Vasudev, was shot multiple times outside Sherburne Station. He would die in hospital. The city says it's hiring 60 special constables to try to improve security on the TTC, but Mayor John Tory adds more needs to be done to address mental health and bail reform. In the most recent case, which claimed Vanessa Karpuska's life, police have not disclosed a possible motive. 52-year-old Neng Jiajin of Toronto has been charged with first-degree murder and attempted murder. Janice Golding, CTV News. We're learning more about a contentious meeting held after hours Wednesday at York Memorial Collegiate. Parents and officials faced off over a spate of recent violence inside the school and some disturbing allegations. CTV's Allison Hurst explains. A security guard is parked at the York Memorial School entrance, a new measure to deal with ongoing safety concerns at the high school. Our concern was the safety for the students and for the caring adults that is there. And uh, a lot of teachers are not available to teach the kids. Uh, they, they are not there due to the safety issue that is going on. CTV News spoke with Amina, a grade 12 student mom who was at last night's school council meeting by phone. About 40 parents attended the meeting that at times got heated. They listened what we have to say and uh, they, they say we're going to do something about it. For weeks, parents, students and staff have been sharing concerns and frustrations about safety issues. In early November, 14 staff members walked off the job citing safety concerns, of whom five have still not returned. And earlier this month, a group of students walked out demanding change. The TDSB has failed York Memorial, um, and this is a case example of what shouldn't happen in our school system. Liban Hassan is the trustee for the ward that includes York Memorial. He has been meeting with students, staff and parents since he was elected in the fall. This should have been dealt with a, lot, a long time ago. Um, there was a transition plan that was put in place when the two schools were merged. And the TDSB did not fulfill that transition plan. So that's why we're in the situation we're in today. I think it is absolutely fair to say that it should never have reached this point and that we regret that it got this far. A letter went home to parents today highlighting new measures the TDSB is putting in place. Hiring 15 new teachers so classes are staffed. Two new social workers to start in January. And that security will monitor exits and entrances in the morning and afternoon to name a few. We're trying to make sure that we're addressing not only the safety concerns, but the learning expectations that students and their families have, that they not only should be in class, but, but really thriving in that class. The next school council meeting is in February. Allison Hurst, CTV News, Toronto.
Tis the sound of the season. Some of Mervish Theater's biggest stars perform holiday classics for free to help feed those in need. Scott Lightfoot has the story coming up. And I'm Pat Foran. Coming up on Consumer Alert, it's one of the busiest times of the year for packages being delivered to your door, which means it's also prime time for porch pirates. A new survey finds more people are worried about their packages being stolen. We have some advice. I'll have that story. It's just it. What a difference one degree can make when it comes to the precipitation. It's two degrees this hour in Welland, one in Toronto, zero in Muskoka. I'm happy to report that the winds are starting to ease, so that may improve visibility on the roadways. But if you do have to be out and about this evening, take care. Lots of slippery spots and wet snow continues to fall in many parts of the GTA. We'll show you when this system is finally going to move out. Coming up in your forecast and stay with us. We've got another full night of great shows for you right Right here on CTV. Many people are having packages shipped to their door over the next week as they try to finish up their holiday shopping. The rise in home deliveries has led to another problem, porch pirates, and more Canadians are becoming victims of theft. Pat Foran has more on Consumer Alert. Pat. Thanks, Michelle and Nathan. Online shopping more than doubled during the pandemic, and now many of us arrive home with packages waiting at the front door. But a new survey finds that two out of three people in Ontario say they've had at least one package stolen in the past year. As more people install video security cameras, more acts of porch piracy are being caught on video. A new survey by FedEx Canada finds an increasing number of Canadians are growing concerned. The packages they order online could be stolen at their door. You know, we're heading into the last week before the holidays. This is possibly the most critical time for for merchants and for online shoppers you don't want anything go, uh, to go wrong the holiday package theft survey found 69 percent of online shoppers in ontario are worried about package theft and that 66 percent said they had one or more packages stolen in the past year the survey also found that 45 percent ranked the ability to track packages as the most important feature FedEx is encouraging its customers to use its delivery app, which allows users to give directions to drivers on where to place packages or have them delivered to a safer location. We can have the package redirected on your request to one of these outlets, so home hardware, staples, metro. It's a lot more safer and a lot more secure to do this than having the package left on your doorstep. While some porch piracy thefts may be linked to organized crime, others could be a crime of opportunity. Police warn that porch pirates are being caught and prosecuted. That's a criminal offense. Theft is a criminal offense. And uh, do you really want a criminal record for something uh, that's worth 20 bucks? To avoid porch pirates, you can ship to a trusted friend or neighbor, send the package to a work address, request a signature on delivery, or opt for in-store or curbside pickup. More homeowners are also installing delivery boxes, which can be secured to your home, keeping packages safe until you arrive. And Vancouver police just charged a man following a porch pirate investigation. They found thousands of dollars worth of running shoes, golf clubs, tools and other items in his home. Most of the packages have now been returned to their rightful owners. On your side, I'm Pat Foran. If you have a consumer story idea, email us at alert at ctv.ca.
We continue to monitor a treacherous storm system that's been pushing its way through the GTA for the bulk of the day. But what you experience will really depend where you are in the city and at what time as the temperature kind of hovers between zero and freezing. Yeah, very true. You have to wonder when is it going to taper off. Mm. It is going to taper off, but it's going to take us some time. It has been a really interesting day, and the temperature has a lot to do with the type of precipitation that we saw. We had uh, rain last a little bit longer than expected in the morning and past the noon hour. So the snow started later in many areas. We also had some slightly warmer temperatures near the shoreline of Lake Ontario. So downtown Toronto, West GTA, seeing less in the way of snow too. But we are not finished with this system quite yet. We're going to be dealing with it through the night and in some cases through tomorrow as well. Weather is brought to you by Train, the most reliable heating and cooling brand. It's hard to stop a train. Here's a big picture look at this system. As mentioned, it is extending from the Canadian prairies all the way to the U.S. eastern seaboard. And we'll zoom in a little bit closer here on southern Ontario to show you the different types of precipitation. Still seeing some wet weather, rain for the West GTA around the Golden Horseshoe into Niagara Falls and St. Catharines, where, as we know, we had uh, extended periods of freezing rain and ice accretion earlier today. It's wet snow for much of the city of Toronto, areas to the north into Muskoka and then right across eastern sections of Ontario, Durham region, Pickering over toward Peterborough, Kingston to Ottawa. This is where we're expecting uh, the heaviest amounts of snow. City of Toronto and much of the GTA and north into Muskoka under a winter weather travel advisory. Uh, areas like Coburg, for example, could pick up anywhere from 15 to 20 centimeters of snow. That's going to be today and in that including through the day tomorrow. Downtown Toronto going to see significantly less. So if you're joining us from, again, and communities closer to Lake Ontario. That is the reason why. Slightly warmer conditions, still keeping it rain through the night tonight in many areas, but north of Highway 401, we have a messy mix or we have wet snow. And this is ongoing, so keep an eye on the timestamp. That's midnight. We're still dealing with this system into tomorrow morning. That's 6 a.m. It's starting to pull away from the city of Toronto proper, still impacting eastern sections of Ontario. It's really into the afternoon that we finally get a break, maybe even the cloud cover breaking up a little bit. And then the weekend brings us calmer conditions overall with just a chance of a few flurries. Overnight tonight, you can expect some mixed precipitation. Our temperature might actually climb a degree to about two. So just a heads up on that. Uh, going to make for a slushy mess in many, many communities once again. And then hopefully those plows are going to do a good job of clearing the roads. But with this uh, active weather continuing, it's possible that your Friday morning commute could be impacted as well. So plan accordingly. If you have the opportunity to work from home once again, might want to consider doing that. Seven-day forecast looks like this. Temperature falls to minus one Friday afternoon. And then we're in for a coolish weekend. But but again, some sun returns, a few flurries in the forecast once again as we make our way through the early and into the middle part of next week. That's your look at the weather for now. Nathan, over to you. All right, thank you, Lindsay. Let's check back in with our Toy Mountain campaign. Michelle Jobin joins us once again from a holiday hotspot, the Distillery District. Michelle. Well, Michelle and Nathan, yeah, well, lots of fun here at the Distillery District tonight. Of course, the weather's a little soggy, but we are staying warm with all of these donations to Toy Mountain. We have so many great individuals and organizations here that are helping us out. Uh, we're going to talk to Elsa. You're with Dolce de Soleil Music. That's right. And you're a great partner for Toy Mountain. Tell us why you're donating to Toy Mountain today. We love uh, to support uh, children in need. About this year, we had uh, more than half, more than double 
than the last time we donated. And you have all these toys yes. that are here to yes. donate. So thank you so much for that. And you've got some wonderful singers here. We're going to hear from them a little bit later in the show. And we thank you so much for being here and building Toy Mountain. So stay warm. We'll get back to you. I've also got Jean-Viev here. Jean-Viev is with Wella Beauty. Tell us about your donation to Toy Mountain. Um, our donation, we did a really fun thing this Christmas at our party. Everybody bought for their kid colleague. Um, so we got like close to 100 toys donated. So we're really excited to support. We're excited to have you as a partner. So thank you so much for being here today. We've also got Joseph and Jordan from Stay Woke Network. Tell us about your organization and also what you're donating today. Uh, we're a live event company. We use uh, promotional campaigns to raise awareness about issues that affect the community, and we're grateful to support CTV Toy Mountain uh, in support of Salvation Army. Yeah, we had a uh, we had a great turnout at our event, uh, Power of Music. Uh, we collected uh, over 150 toys. We're really proud, and next year, hopefully, we can do more. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. And, of course, we have some more donations of toys over here that I see. Tell us about your organization and why you're here today. Yeah, so we're Evolution Chamber. We're the number one train studio in the world right now. And uh, we, we did a little fun thing this year uh, that we also did last year. So we donate, or so we get our members to actually bring in two toys. We give them half off the week of training. And uh, our, our members came through, and we're, we're making a difference while we're changing the game of fitness. Thank you so much for your donations today. So Evolution Chamber, Stay Woke Network, Wella Beauty, Dolce de Soleil Music. We just are feeling the warmth here. And, of course, you can go online to toymountain.ca and find out about all the locations in Toronto where you can donate, including here at the Distillery Winter Village. It's a great place to visit. And then, of course, we want to see your pictures and videos. If you're donating to Toy Mountain, you can go to toy.mountain at bellmedia.ca and send us your pics and videos. We would love to share them but we're going to continue to be here this evening during the show here at the distillery market the winter village and it, we're gonna have a lot of fun building uh, all these donations so you can join us later in the show as well and help us build a toy mountain thank you all right thank you so much giving kids another shot of protection before the next wave the bivalent COVID-19 vaccine now available for children between the ages of 5 and 11. The details coming up. Parents can start booking appointments to get their children an updated COVID-19 shot. It targets more recent variants of the virus along with the original strain. The province says kids aged 5 to 11 will be eligible for a bivalent dose as of December 21st. Bookings can be made through Ontario's online vaccination portal, certain public health units, or at participating pharmacies. Health officials say the vaccine will help ease the respiratory surge hitting our hospitals. But as Queen's Park reporter Siobhan Morris explains, some want more action by policymakers to solve this problem. Currently, emergency departments uh, and the healthcare system in general are still experiencing extreme stress. But Ontario's top doctor sees reason for hope. Dr. Kieran Moore thinks the flu season may have peaked. He says that as of December 10th, the number of Ontarians with the flu was down. So was the test positivity rate. But in Ontario's biggest city...
we continue to see flu cases increase. We do expect in the next couple of weeks that we may reach uh, the top of the peak. But remember, all that means is that we have to come down the peak. Cases have come sooner and faster. We've hit uh, the highest uh, number of cases that we would expect on average in a season. There could still be some hard months ahead. We certainly do not anticipate that we're going to be out of the woods uh, from a pediatric uh, and emergency setting until uh, late March. The liberal health critic is frustrated by what he sees as a lack of leadership from the government and the chief medical officer of health. There is no updated guidance about how we can all protect each other as we head indoors. How can we keep each other safe? especially with looming Christmas parties. The government and Dr. Moore are also facing criticism for not doing enough to encourage Ontarians to get a flu shot. The government doesn't share immunization data while the flu season is still on, but they say typically only about 30% of Ontarians get a flu shot. It's one thing to say it in a press conference and say, listen, we need to do better and get uptake of influenza vaccines, but it's another thing to actually roll out a public health program. Dr. Bogosh says there should be pop-up clinics. Where people congregate, get targeted communication out there, uh, strong community outreach. There's a lot of different things that we can do to lower barriers to vaccinations. Siobhan Morris, CTV News. Fans are mourning the loss of award-winning singer-songwriter Shirley Eichardt. Do these glimpses of love keep us returning time after time? The New Brunswick woman passed away today following a battle with cancer. Icard released several albums during her career and twice won Junos for female country artists. She also wrote Something to Talk About, which gave Bonnie Raitt her biggest hit and a Grammy Award. Icard was 67. The weekend is being honored for his work away from the recording studio and concert stage. The local superstar is the recipient of this year's Alan Slate Humanitarian Spirit Award for his support of charitable causes. A $50,000 donation will be made on his behalf to a charity of his choice. The weekend has supported several initiatives, including a UN Global Hunger Fund and Black Lives Matter. Stars Tonight is brought to you by Lastman's Bad Boy. Who's better? Nobody. Holiday sweet treats. Tomorrow on CP24 Breakfast. Get simple, tasty tips to make your baking a hit this season. CP24 Breakfast, where Toronto gets its everything every morning. Our top story tonight, the effect of a major system whipping across the GTA in southern Ontario tonight. The storm brought freezing rain earlier in the day and is delivering a snowy wallop this evening. We're joined again by our Mike Walker, who is patrolling areas east of Toronto, where the storm is really expected to hit the hardest, Mike. That's right, Michelle. All of Durham region is under a snowfall warning. We're in a neighborhood just south of Brock in the 407 in Pickering, and the snow, snow continues to fall and is showing no signs of letting up. In fact, it's expected to continue overnight, according to Environment Canada. As much as 20 centimeters of snow could fall here. Now, some people are starting to come home from work now and are starting to dig out of their driveways, trying to get a head start, knowing they'll be doing this again. Probably two more times. I spoke with one man who's already made arrangements not to commute into the city tomorrow. Instead, he will be working from home. He says it's just not worth the risk. In fact, many drivers we've been speaking with 
this evening who are commuting back into Pickering from the city tell us the roads are very icy and slushy and slippery. Uh, now, the storm did prompt the region of Durham to also close some of its services and facilities today, including uh, waste management facilities, as well as the health department's offices and immunization clinics. School buses were also affected earlier this afternoon for the trip home from school. More than 30 routes were delayed across Durham region upwards of 30 minutes. Now, we are seeing clouds uh, moving across this end of Pickering right now, trying to clear the snow. Residential streets where we are are still snow covered. The city of Pickering is also opening the East Shore Community Center uh, later this evening at 10 o'clock as an emergency overnight uh, warming center. But with this snowfall expected to continue tonight into tomorrow, officials are urging people to avoid any unnecessary travel. Reporting live in Pickering, I'm Mike Walker. Back to you. All right, thank you, Mike. The system responsible for all that snow tonight is also bringing wintry weather to other parts of Canada. Southern Manitoba could see up to 30 centimeters by the weekend. A special weather alert's in effect in parts of Saskatchewan. Snowfall warnings are also in place in some parts of New Brunswick, as well as southern Qu Quebec. In the U.S., heavy snow is sweeping across the Great Plains, snarling traffic as the powerful system makes its way to the northeast. The storm is forecast to dump up to 30 centimeters in some parts, along with freezing rain and winds of more than 56 kilometers per hour. As of this afternoon, more than 137,000 customers were without power in the upper Midwest and other states. The sports at least will be looking to extend their winning streak tonight when they face the Rangers. Toronto's coming off a dominant 7-0 win over the Ducks Tuesday and have not lost a game in regulation time since November 11th. Puck drop is set for 7 at Madison Square Garden. And how about this? The Women's Hockey World Championship is returning to the GTA. Brampton will host the tournament at the CAA Centre from April 5th to the 16th. Canada will be looking for its third straight title, competing against a field of nine other teams. The Women's Championship was last held in this area all the way back in 2000 in Mississauga. Kevin Kiermeyer says he's here to win. The new Toronto Blue Jays spoke today, hours after his contract was finalized. No other team um, gave me more attention than the Blue Jays from the start. And ultimately, I signed where I wanted to end up. And uh, me and my family are thrilled. I'm so happy. Kiermaier signed a one-year, $9 million deal. It appears the three-time Gold Glove winner will be the everyday center fielder, with George Springer likely moving to right. Tis the sound of the season. Some of Mervish Theatre's biggest stars perform holiday classics for free, helping feed those in need. Scott Lightfoot has the story coming up. Given the nasty weather, it wasn't the ideal day to be out and about. But for those who ventured through Union Station, there was a holiday treat involving theatre's elite, sure to warm the heart of any Grinch. CTV's Scott Lightfoot reports. Outside Union Station, it may have been dark and dreary. inside, it was quite the opposite. A holiday treat for hurried commuters, courtesy of some of the stars of Mervish's Toronto Productions. Everyone's so talented and it's so warm when they sing all these Christmas carols here at the Union Station. 
Cast members from Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, and Fisherman's Friends performed a free midday concert of holiday songs. The event was held to benefit the Daily Bread Food Bank, and the venue wasn't a place many of these theatre veterans were used to playing. No, it's not, but it was a wonderful experience. Um, as train stations go, it's a very beautiful one. Um, I can't say it's the same in London, in the tubes in London. Uh, definitely a different environment. <laughs> and the acoustics are wonderful. The performance drew a crowd that had seen it advertised on social media. It was awesome. Like, we came specifically for it, but you saw so many people come by and actually take the time to pull out their phones or sit down. It was cool. But amongst the parade of people heading to work or heading home, it also caused many to stop and take a moment to enjoy the music. Oh, it's so great, honestly, because I know obviously train station, everyone's in a rush, but the fact that they took time to stop and listen, or even watch or enjoy the music or whatever, it was brilliant. Scott Lightfoot, CTV News. They can sing. Finally tonight, a last check-in with our Toy Mountain campaign. Michelle Jobin is live at the Distillery District for us. Michelle. Well, we're having lots of fun at the Distillery District Winter Market, of course, in celebration of Toy Mountain. There's so much to be excited about. It's a beautiful evening, despite the weather, isn't it, Glenn? It, it is. You know what? The rain started earlier. I know Lindsay in the, in the newsroom is probably talking about it all. But we've got some snow falling. It's beautiful. It's coming out. We're seeing more crowds out here. And we've had a whole bunch of donations to Toy Mountain, even people passing by. It was wonderful. It really has been wonderful. We had people coming up, like you said, yeah. coming to donate toys while we've been here tonight at the distillery market. And, um, you know, we're almost at the end. It's hard to believe yeah. of the campaign. How are things going so far? Things are going really, really well. You've been donating toys, and we're so grateful for that. Your support, donating online as well, uh, because it's so critically important. We've got over 60,000 right now children that are going to be receiving toys, and we know that you've got more to give. And so we know that there are so many more children that are going to be needing that. Tomorrow night, we get to reveal some of those totals of what you've contributed to Toy Mountain. Uh, but for tonight, it, what a wonderful evening and celebrating Toy Mountain and all that there is to, to celebrate here at the Distillery Winter Village. Absolutely, Glenn. I think the donations are, are warming our hearts they tonight, are, even though it's sure. a little bit cold outside. Yeah. And of course, if you want to donate, you can go to toymountain.ca, uh, go to the Toronto section, look to see where you can donate, where there are bins to drop off, like right here at the Distillery Winter Market. And of course, you can also donate online. Back inside to you. Jobin, thank you so much for your work tonight. Appreciate it. And you can see there, so downtown or top of the city, you know, you're getting different things weather-wise. Absolutely. We're going to take one more look at that satellite and radar to show you the different precip types. Uh, as we make our way through the night tonight, just keep in mind that we will see wet snow uh, really right through the evening hours and into the overnight for many. If you don't have to be out on the roads, I suggest avoiding any non-essential travel. Even into tomorrow morning, it's possible that things are still going to be a little dicey out there. We have a winter weather travel advisory in effect for Toronto. We have a snowfall warning from Durham right over to Ottawa. Here's a look at our overnight lows. We're around 2 degrees. So again, mild enough for some rain to mix in with that snow. Here's the seven-day forecast. Tomorrow is still unsettled. The weekend looks calmer. We will get some sun. Temperature pattern-wise, we hold steady. Hey, next week, we officially welcome winter. Nathan and Michelle. All right. Thank you, Lizzie.
Be sure to join Omar Sachedina tonight at 11 for CTV National News, followed by Austin Delaney with our next local newscast at 11.30. In the meantime, our coverage continues anytime on CB24 and online at ctvnewstoronto.ca. For Lindsay and all of us at CTV News, thank you for watching and have a good night.